welcome to the Lead from Scratch podcast. This is a podcast designed for the new or soon to be leader. This is the place to start growing your leadership potential from scratch, designing it with each ingredient in mind. We will be sharing bite-sized nuggets of information each week that will help you to recognize and unlock your full leadership potential. In this series, we are going to talk about how to lead change, no matter how experienced of a leader you are, or if you are the one in charge or not. In this episode, we will talk about starting with your purpose as you lead change. As mentioned in our previous episode, Author Simon Sinek reminds us that creating our vision for why we are leading a change allows us to set priorities and focus our efforts on what really matters. Clarity is key when talking about our why. This is so important. If you don't know why you are doing something, it is nearly, literally nearly impossible for you to know how to do it. If you are slightly fuzzy on why you were doing something, everyone trying to follow you will probably be a little confused at least. There are three degrees of certainty. I think I'm right, I feel like I'm right, and I know that I'm right. Knowing your why and your followers also knowing your why allows you to make choices where you know that you are right. Once we articulate our why and communicate it clearly to our followers, we want to build trust within our followers. That way they'll keep following us into this new terrifying thing called change. So building trust is done by helping your followers understand that the change you are leading will benefit them. One example of this is Continental Airlines in the 80s was horribly run. They were consistently in the top five most late airlines. You did not want to book them. Comedians made jokes about them. You might call them the Delta Airlines of today where everybody is like, ah, you fly Delta, I'm sorry, right? Um, But a new CEO took over, and before all the rewards were just for that kind of C-suite upper management, there were even armed guards protecting their offices, and it just created an unwelcome atmosphere. But the CEO was like, hey, we're all on the same team, so he made bonuses that if they were in the top five of on-time flights, everybody got a check, every single employee. And this cost this airline $2.5 million a month if they were on time, if they were in those top five. But because all of these people were getting this check, everybody understood, wait, we all have one goal now. And it benefits me. If we all do this well, I get an additional chunk of money every month. And the CEO would even come down. He made an open-door policy, but he would even come down and help pitch bags when needed to make sure the flights were on time. So not only was the CEO leading and helping everybody get on the same page, he was working alongside them, making sure everybody got those checks. And what happened was that they all had this common set of values. They all had this common set of beliefs, and they had the same goal. So they all worked together and quickly became one of the best airlines because they trusted one another because they were all on the same page. So trust comes from being a part of a culture or organization with a common set of values and beliefs. So you must know why an organization exists. Continental Airlines existed 
to get people from one place to another on time, and people knew that because it was articulated, and they received rewards based on that. And to get the best out of people, they must know that you and the company care about them. That CEO stepped in, worked alongside them, made sure that they could talk to him, and was like, hey, I'm not going to be the only one who makes money off of this. All of us together are going to make money off of our success. For stories like this and for any many other ways that we instill change in our organizations, it's really helpful to know what the law of diffusion looks like. This is basically a, a law that tells us when people are likely to embrace change when trying to implement that change into into the company or people or organization that you're working with. Think of think of a classic bell curve, right? So start um, kind of the XY axis. This is really hard uh, vocally, by the way. So I'm gonna try my best to communicate this <laughs> when you're not seeing the visual. Um, but think of think of a XY axis and you're starting with, with the curve being uh, closest to the bottom, maybe close to zero. And then you slowly work your way up into a curve and then it curves right back down, kind of like a roller coaster, right? You go to the top of the roller coaster and come back down. So if we think about it in percentages when moving across that bell curve, you start with 2.5% of people. Those are the innovators. They are the ones to embrace the change first. Think about they're the ones to buy the latest iPhone, like, like it's, they've pre-ordered it before it's even come out. Um, they're the people who embrace it first. Then you have the group that's like the next 13.5% of people on average, right, are early adopters. So they're willing to jump in, but they don't generate the new ideas. Um, they're the ones who like, after a couple people have tried out the phone, they're probably gonna dive in and, and buy it themselves too. Then you're looking at the next 34%. This is the early majority. More practical, poor, yeah, more practical, but more comfortable with change, right? So they're open to the, the idea, but they need to see some research first, know that it, it is proven to be effective or whatever they're looking for, that viable product that they're wanting. Um, and they're going to embrace that. Then we start with the late majority. So this is another 34%. These people are more practical, but less comfortable with change. Takes them a little bit longer to make that decision to adjust, but they eventually, eventually get there. Then you have this last 16%. These, this group of people is called the laggards. They resist change the most. They're the ones who are, maybe they don't ever buy an iPhone at all. Uh, you know, maybe maybe they don't get that latest, latest gadget because they um, are good with whatever system or product they're using at the time. A major change cannot happen unless you convince the early majority to join your change. It has to start with this early majority. About 15% will come along because well, they like change. So they're like, or they're generally open to it. So they're, they're likely going to come around to the idea. The rest of, of the group though, must understand why the change is happening. They're not as likely to be open to the change and they're not as likely to dive on board um, as quickly. And so they have to know that why you have to give them that push and that, that passion behind what's happening. Um, so give them something them, something to believe in and show them the way forward. There's probably going to be a lot of resistance. No, actually, really, there's going to be like a lot of resistance. But starting with that why is going to help in that transition that much more in communicating 
and uh, getting those those people to be more open to it. So to sum up, we must start with our purpose behind the change, communicate that clearly, build trust, and give our followers something to believe in. One example of this was if you think about Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. He showed up with a dream and a speech, and hundreds of thousands of people were there to march with him and listen to him. And a lot of times we think, okay, like it's Martin Luther King Jr., he's an awesome leader, he's this great person. But what he did was not just issue a dream that was his own. He didn't just issue something that only related to him. He was able to vocalize a dream that others could see and believe in. And on that famous march on Washington, when they're gathering there, hundreds of thousands of people are hearing that dream, and they're saying, yes, I believe that too, and I'll follow you. Because what MLK did was he gave the purpose behind the change. We're going to unify America. We're going to overcome the racism that divides us. He communicates it clearly. He builds the trust with all of his actions, and he gave the followers something to believe in that they also believed in. It wasn't just some like weird radical pipe dream. It was something that they could come alongside and follow because it wasn't just his dream. It became their dream. And that's how you start a movement. That's how you lead change. You start with why, you communicate it clearly, you build trust, and you give your followers something to believe in. Adopt the leadership ingredient of purpose. As you are becoming the leader you are meant to be. Lead Lead from from scratch scratch and and reach reach your your full full potential. potential.